You're listening to a message from Micaiah Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. Too often, we want to have an influence in our families, but what happens? What erodes the influence in our family? Inconsistency. They see inconsistency in mom and dad, and so the kids are like, well, it's not real to mom and dad. It's not real to me. And so if we want to increase influence, it starts with intentional consistency. And so we kind of kicked off week number one with that. And then we went into uh, week number two. And we talked about the fact that how do we handle a family emergency. And we looked at how uh, Pharaoh was chasing Israel. And they stopped at the Red Sea and they paused to pray. And that was the first thing they did before they uh, freaked out about an emergency. They stopped and they said, you know what, we just need to pray about it. And how many of our family problems could probably be solved if we would just said, you know what, we need to pray about this. We need to ask God's help for this. And the week number three, my wife just brought a powerful message on Mother's Day about the rebel mom. How many of you are still blessed by that message? Wasn't it just great? Just a real encouragement. Uh, it's just awesome to just see that, you know what, if I ever get sick, I'm okay. She's good. You, she, she'll fill in. She's all good. And if I ever preach a bad message, she's like, next time just let me write it and you preach it. We're good. We're good. So uh, she likes to do that kind of stuff. Help me out. And then last week, we looked at eggshells and elephants. And we talked about how the fact that sometimes there are unspoken things in our families that we don't address. And they're just like walking on eggshells. And you've got that employee, you've got that friend, and maybe even you've got that family member that there's things you just don't talk about. And it just seems like when you're around them, you're walking on eggshells. And what does that create in the home? It creates tension, doesn't it? And if there's one thing you and I could probably use less of is tension. All of us have enough tension to deal with, but yet if we have these elephants and eggshells in our homes, it makes it really difficult for there to be intimacy. You say, why? Because intimacy is all about oneness. It's all about the fact that there are no secrets from each other, but yet if there are eggshells and elephants, the things we just don't address, then it kills the intimacy in the relationship. And uh, what happens is the elephant in the room has now become the family pet for many of our families. And so we just kind of act like, oh, it's normal, and that shouldn't be normal. Well, today we're going to conclude this series, and I want us to turn our attention to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. If you have a copy of God's Word, go to 2 Corinthians, or you can turn on a copy of God's Word if you're using the YouVersion Bible app, or it'll be up on the screen. And we're going to be turning our attention there. But as we dive in this morning, I want to talk about stress and pressure. And it just seems like today I've been having more and more conversations with people around pressure and just random people. I was meeting with a property uh, manager, and I just started talking to him, and I started to kind of give him a mini sermonette of this message. I started talking to him about pressure, and he was like, man, that's really good. That's something that I, I want to deal with because it just seems like we have a bunch of pressure. Come on. If you're a parent in this room, you have parenting pressure. Uh, we were joking about the end of the year, what we were sending our kids to lunch at the end of the school year, because we started the school year, and you're making these awesome lunches, right? And really, moms, you're not making that for your kid. 
That's so the neighbor's kid will look at your kid's lunch and be like, ooh, lucky, I want that, because you made dinosaur shapes and you made hearts and stars out of your PB&J sandwich. That's really not for your kids. It's actually to impress all the other parents. But then I was like, you know, by the end, they were just lucky to get bread and a can of jelly. I mean, it was just like, just whatever. Open the fridge, grab something. There's mayonnaise there. Just take it. I don't care. It's the end of the school year. Just The school will feed you or something. You'll be fine until you get home. Just kind of at the end of the year, why you got all that pressure as a parent? Not only pressure as a parent, some of you have pressure to perform at work. Everybody else, it's like, hey, it's the end of the year. It's the, or end of the month, excuse me, and you've got to get these quotas in. You've got this pressure to perform. You've got other people that you feel like you've got to perform. So you've got this pressure, and it just seems like this pressure is overwhelming. Some of you have financial pressure. You have too much month and not enough money. And all of a sudden now you're like, I don't know what we're going to do. How are we going to figure this thing out? Because you're under financial pressure. Some of us, we're under relationship pressure. Maybe you're single in the room and that is creating a pressure. Maybe you're uh, married in the room and that's creating a pressure. Uh, Maybe you're having some difficulties with a teenage son or daughter and that's creating pressure. It's amazing how, how pressure works, doesn't it? It's amazing. Any basketball fans in the house? You play a little basketball? A few of us, a few of us. I taught coach basketball for a little while, and which is just so funny, isn't it? A short guy like me can't jump, has no skills, no hops, but I was just like, our little Christian school needed a basketball coach, and they paid. So I was like, I'll do it, all right? I was broke, and I was like, it's a ball, there's a net, how hard can this be? Apparently harder than I thought, all right? So uh, our team lost most of the time, all right? Just sad to say, we won a few games, all right? And uh, so I would help coach, and I liked basketball, and you know what's pretty easy? It's pretty easy to make a layup, right? How many of you, you wouldn't have a problem making a layup if you had to, right? Pretty easy to make a layup. Pretty simple to take the ball, dribble it up, put it in the hoop, make the layup. Not real hard. Now, let's add a little pressure to it. Let's put KD guarding you. Now try to make that layup. You're like, no, 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 no. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, yeah, KD. Nothing, you know, and no, no, no. What happened? That move just got a little bit harder. Why? Because now you have pressure on you. Some of us in our homes, it's not the fact that you're having to do laundry eight times a week. That's not the pressure. It's the fact that it's just never ending. It's not the fact that, oh, you're in a marriage relationship. It's just that it just seems like, wow, this constant pressure is making even the easiest of tasks hard. And so what we've come to realize is we feel like pressure is negative. And so we live in a culture and society where we just run from any pressure. We escape any pressure. We just don't want to deal with any pressure because pressure seems like it makes us do crazy things, makes us react in a poor manner because why we're dealing with all this pressure on our lives. And we've all got pressure. Everyone here has some, de- some issue that they're dealing with. My mother-in-law is a dentist. Any of you like dentists in the room? Any of you? A few of you. How many of you are with me and you're like, I endure dentists. Like, I, I, I have to. It's a necessary evil. I love my mother-in-law. She's an amazing dentist. But she is like every dentist I've ever seen. You say, what's that? Okay. They get you in the chair. You sit back. And then they open your mouth as wide as they can. Okay? As wide as they can. Then they get both their hands in your mouth. So you're sitting there. Mouth is open wide. They got both hands in the mouth. Then they get this light that's like blinding you. And I was like, I thought the government outlawed this kind of torture, you know? They got their hands in your mouth. And then they always do this. Do you watch Endgame? Oh, huh? And they're like, what was that? 
And then they act like you have problems because you're not speaking clearly. They're like, say that again. They're like, are you kidding me right now? I've got my mouth open, your hands in my mouth, and now you're annoyed that I'm not having a clear conversation? And then here's what's so funny because every dentist does it, don't they? They want to start talking to you. Like, couldn't we have done this before or after, but not while my mouth is open and you're drilling for oil in there? I mean, it's just like, did you, did you hit it yet? You know, they just keep going. And it's so funny because my mother-in-law, she's an awesome dentist. She's, she really is a great dentist. At least she's got me fooled into believing that because she doesn't like to give me Novocaine to numb anything. Uh, my wife later on told me it's too expensive and she's doing your dental work for free, so she's going to save wherever she can. I was like, pay for the drugs, you know, okay? All right. And uh, so uh, get there. And then my mother-in-law, she always says this. And this is what medical people, you guys in medical field, this is what you always say. Just let me know if you feel any pressure. You know, pressure is their little nice word for pain. You know, why don't they just call it what it is? It's pain. Let me know when I hit a nerve, you know, and then they just kind of keep on going, you know. And it's so funny because for a lot of us, the pressure is painful because it's hitting that nerve. And it just seems like it's unrelenting, right? Like we could deal with a little bit of pressure, but that unrelenting pressure, that nonstop just kind of builds. And so this week I came across a passage of scripture and 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And let's turn our attention towards the word of God. Because the apostle Paul is writing. And he's talking about pressure. He's talking about the severest kind of pressure. Because as I've had conversation with people in the Bay Area, it just seems like we deal with a lot of pressure. It just seems like the work demands, the traffic the, the, the expenses, the, the difficulties of just trying to uh, be with family and be present. There's just a constant pressure. So the Apostle Paul said this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all trouble so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Some of you are going through some things right now, and that verse right there, you should underline it, mark it in red, and that should be the verse you live in right now, that God is the God of all comfort, because you're thinking, God, are you silent? I got a phone call from a guy yesterday who said, I know God is real, I just don't think he's listening to me anymore. And we talked about the dark night of the soul, when you're in such a deep depression, where you almost, you're saying there's not a whole lot of reasons keeping me here because of the pressure. If, I, if it was just one thing, I could deal with it. But it's not just one thing. So the Apostle Paul is writing, and he says this in verse number six, even when we are weighed down with troubles. Some of you are like, yeah, that's me right now. I am weighed down with troubles. It is for your comfort and salvation. What? You're weighed down with troubles, but it's for your comfort and salvation? Paul, we need to talk about what is good here. Like, uh, we, we, we've got some wires disconnected. We need to work this out, what you consider fun, all right? Uh, I've got some people I work out with, and they like running. They think it's fun. I think they're dumb, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> you like to run for fun? No, this has got problems. There's no such thing as running. I was like, that's why we have cars, all right? Get in the car. I will lime scooter and pass you, you know? And it's just like, you know, it's just running is not my, my thing. But some people, they enjoy that. And then he goes on. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. 
Paul's getting after it, isn't he? He's saying that you can patiently endure. And some of us are like, I'm not patient for anything. Patiently endure? No, thanks. That's, that's not my idea of why I want to follow Jesus, so I can patiently endure. But that's what's going on. And then he goes on, verse number 7, For we are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you also will share in the comfort of God that he gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. Some of you, honestly, you're not telling anybody, but that's where you're at. You've been there, where you just said, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Like, with everything I've got going on, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just at a point in my life where I'm just so desperate for God. I, I don't know if he's going to come through. Paul doesn't tell us what happened in Asia, but you know it's bad. Because Paul is not using hyperbole. He's not exaggerating anything. He's not just telling a story. He's not just trying to get the, the church in Corinth to just kind of lean in like, ooh, Paul, what happened? You know, No, no. This, is, this is real stuff. And he's saying, guys, I thought I almost was going to die. I tried to research what was it. Was it the, the, a disease? Was it shipwreck? Was it people coming after him? Was it threats against his life? What was it? We don't know. But Paul's saying, hey, I was at a point where I thought, man, it's game over. And it goes on, verse 9. In fact, we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raised the dead. And he did rescue us from more danger, mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. I want to go back to a statement I made earlier that pressure seems negative, doesn't it? That pressure seems negative. That it just seems like we're overwhelmed with all the pressures we have to deal with in our life, right? With everything. And you know what? Pressure, and the Apostle Paul was saying, hey, look guys, I was under so much pressure that I, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. And here's what pressure does. And i got to draw it out for you because this is something that God showed me this past week that's really changed everything that we're going through as a community, as a gathering. And I was just thinking, God, what is going on? And I began to start to feel the pressure that many of you feel. And I don't know if you ever felt like this, but I kind of felt like the pressure I was in was a prison. And I was in here. And the pressure out here was so intense because it's not just the ministry pressure, right? It's not just that. If it was just one thing, I could handle that. But then I felt like my box, my prison was getting smaller because it's not just ministry, it's also marriage. And if it was just those two, I think I could handle that pressure, right? But it's not just that. You see, for me, and maybe for you, this is how you feel. I also felt the expectations. That was creating a pressure. And I felt like my world's getting smaller, and that's how some of you guys feel. Because pressure for you is a prison. And it's creating this prison, and you feel like everything's crashing down. And then people talk to you, and they're like, come on, man, it's just your job. Like, why are you, why are you so upset? Why are you so frustrated? Why are you so hot-tempered? Why is this going bad? Because they don't understand that your world is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and you're like, I don't know if I can handle any more pressure. Because this is what pressure does. Pressure turns into a prison. 
And some of you just feel like, I can't make it. God, I need some relief. I am getting to a point where I'm not sure if I can make it because on top of ministry, on top of marriage, on top of expectations, I've got kids in here. I've got a family in here. God, I've got other problems. And you could just list your problems. Yours could be money. You could say, you know what, I've got financial pressure. For some of you, this week, I've visited you in the hospital, so you, guess what, you have health in here. You've got all this pressure that's just building up. And this isn't anything that you've done wrong. This is just life stuff, right? It's just a prison of pressure that you feel like you're in. And so because it's a prison, what do you want to do? What everybody wants to do in prison, I want to escape. Come on. There used to be an old movie, it's called The Great Escape. You know, they were in Nazi Germany, and they would dig little tunnels, and they'd have dirt in their little pants, they'd walk out and spread the dirt around, and they were digging these tunnels. Some of you feel like that. I'll just tunnel through. But you've tried that, and it's not working. So you've tried to bust through it, and that didn't work. So you know how you escaped? You drink too much. Some of you, you shop too much. Retail therapy. Some of us, we eat too much. We just eat. Some of us, we turn to sex. Because why? We, if it's a prison, what's the one thing we want to do with the prison? We want out. I, I can't stay in this prison for too long. And so for some of you, you feel like your marriage is a prison, but it's not the marriage. It's the fact that all of these are compounding. You're in the center. You're in the center, and pressure has created a prison. And so because you see it as a prison, your first instinct is, I've got to escape this. Whatever it takes, I've got to escape. I've got to get out. I can't stand the prison of pressure any longer. And so we have a culture that says we're going to escape. And there's another way people escape. They take this and they scroll and they scroll and they scroll. And it's creepy because you will see them in a corner and they're in the dark and you can see them scrolling. And they look like a little golem scrolling. Lights are off and they're just scrolling. And you say, what are you checking out? Oh, that third grader. 35 years ago, I really thought it was important that I know what he eat, he's eating right now. What? 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 Is that supposed to make you feel better? But we think it does, right? And it's like binge eating Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, it tastes so good. Like, don't get me wrong. That tastes really good. I've done that before. Where you just binge eat Krispy Kreme donuts, and then like 20 minutes after, you're like, oh, oh, that was not good. Like, that, that was good, but it's not good now. And so you, two hours after scrolling through people that aren't even relevant to your life, all of a sudden, you feel more miserable about your situation. Why? Because you thought, man, I need to escape. So guess what? I'll escape. Social media is a great escape. And you will lose yourself in social media. But then you'll wake up and you'll be like, what happened? Because you're trying to escape. And here's what is great about culture nowadays. There's escapes everywhere. Everything is trying to help you escape. Escape your life, escape your marriage, escape your job, escape your responsibilities, everything. Hey, Netflix is trying to get you to escape. It doesn't want you to be busy at your job. It wants you to be on Netflix. Do you know what Netflix says their biggest competition is to having more viewers? The biggest competition. You say it's HBO. No. You say it's YouTube. No. It's you sleeping. That's their biggest competition It's you sleeping. So they're like, we just got to get you to sleep less. That's, that's real. Go look it up. I Googled it. Everything on Google is true. Everything. You can trust it. And so you get there, and now you're just, you're just escaping. So some of you, you're like, I'm going to binge watch all the Game of Thrones because I haven't seen any episodes, and now it's over. I'm just going to binge watch it. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, that just sucked two years of my life away. And I feel 
so bad inside. I just feel like, what was all that about, you know? And uh, some of you are like, I live Grain of Thrones. You did not see my house growing up, you know? It was like, that's just how it went down. And so you just feel that this, this, this pressure. And here's the reality. This is what Satan really wants you to do. He wants you to feel this way. And, and Paul is laying it out. He's saying, hey, we despaired of life. And some of you, you won't tell anybody, but you know in your heart there's been moments you thought, maybe it'd be easier if I just wasn't here. Maybe it'd be better off. Maybe it'd be better off. And so this morning, I've taken us to a pretty dark place, aren't I? Because this is where our mind goes. This is where our heart goes. This is where our emotion goes. Because we see pressure as a prison. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is not taking your pressure and trying to create a prison. That is not God's intention for you at all. You see, God is doing something so much bigger in your life, and God is trying to say this morning to you that your life, you are not trapped. It's not something to escape this morning. God is not telling you that you need to quit, that you need to throw in the towel. God is not giving you an option to stop loving him and serving him. God is trying to tell you this morning that there is something so much deeper, so much more profound that he is trying to do with with your life and he is trying to help you to understand that God is doing something so much bigger, so much greater because your pressure is not a prison. This morning, I need you to understand something that Paul is really talking about here. Yes, he laid out that there is pressure. Yes, he laid out that he thought he was going to die. He thought his friends were going to die. He thought his ministry was over. He thought his future was done. But this morning, you are looking at pressure the wrong way. You are looking at pressure through the eyes of your emotions and your feelings. And this morning, I want to help you, church. This morning, I want to show you that your pressure this morning is not a prison. Your pressure is a platform of influence, and God is taking you higher. He wants to do more in your life. He wants to build you. He wants to take you to another level, and he does it through pressure. He is building you right now. It is not a prison. You are not trapped. Don't think for one second you are trapped. God is saying, hey, I'm building on this. I'm building on this. I am building on this. And the pressure is taking you higher. A rocket ship has to go 25,000 miles per hour to escape the gravitational pull of earth. There's a lot of pressure that's got to build up. And God says, you have such a big dream in your heart. You have such a big vision for your life. You have such big goals. Guess what? For everybody else, they're settling. They don't have as much pressure. They don't have as much pain as you. But God says the dreams and the plans that I put inside of your heart, they're going to take a lot of pressure to get you there. I'm going to have to build that pressure because pressure is not negative this morning. Pressure is positive. Pressure is powerful. Pressure is taking you to another level. And until we realize that, we will always stay stuck in a prison and our thinking will be stuck. Our marriage will be stuck. Our child room will be stuck. Our dating will be stuck. Our love for Jesus will be stuck. Our relationship with God in the church is going to be stuck because we see everything is a prison and we're just trying to escape and I can't go to church because I'm overwhelmed I can't spend time with my kids because I'm overwhelmed I can't spend any money because I'm overwhelmed I can't spend any time because I don't have enough time I can't do anything why because I'm in a prison and this morning you are not in a prison Paul is not saying for one second that he's trapped in a prison as a matter of fact what is he saying he's talking about the fact that guess what because of what I'm going through I'm helping you thank God because of what I'm going through you're taking courage from it how many people you've been through something your marriage has been through something and somebody comes to you and says hey you've been through some stuff in your marriage can you help me and you're like yeah yeah I can help you 
How many times you've been raising kids and you've been struggling with raising the kids? Somebody comes up to you and says, you're such a great mother. You're such a great father. Can you give me some points? Can you give me some tips on how you're doing such a great job? And you're just like, are you kidding me? I was learning on the go. I was having to teach my kids as I was learning to be a parent. Are you kidding me? Some of you, you were learning how to be married because you never saw a good marriage and you're trying to teach others. And you're like, man, I was faking it until I was making it. But God was saying, no, no, I'm building a platform right now. And I want to do things through you and for you that you can't possibly even think, ask, or imagine this morning. So this is powerful. This is our mindset needs to change as a church. So every time you feel pressure, guess what God is doing? He's taking you higher. He's taking you higher this morning. And what happens, though, is Satan is saying, no, no, no. It's a prison escape. So you have a choice this morning. What one of three actions you get to take? Are you going to escape it? That's what you get to decide this morning. Are you going to escape it? And maybe you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to escape it. Because we need some people that will say, you know what? I'm not going to escape. Paul didn't say I was looking for a way out. He said, I'm just in it. I'm just in it. And guess what? I know God's going to work through it. I know that my suffering is going to be for your comfort. I know God's going to work in this situation. And so he stood firm on that. So he said, hey, I'm not here to escape it. And too often we're guilty of running and trying to relieve the pressure. We run from pressure. We try to relieve the pressure. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm just here. I'm just with it right now. Any of you ever done hot yoga? Hot yoga? A few of you? Doesn't it suck? You're just there. And you're like, it's so hot. Like, who, who invented this? This should be illegal. You're trying to murder people in here. I'm getting dehydrated. I'm sweating. And the biggest thing about hot yoga is just be there. Just be present. Just sit with it. Just stay. And some of you feel like you're in this pressure cooker. And God's like, I know. Because I've got to get you to another level. And this is the only way. God says, I don't have another way. Think about the life of Jesus. There was only one way, and that was the way through the cross. There was no other option. There was no plan B. It was the way of the cross. And your life is the same. I know you want somebody to just come in and rescue you. All week, my wife and I have been saying, do we know anybody that's a millionaire? Do we know anybody that just wants to give away $5 million so we could buy a building? Come on, we got to know somebody. Pull out your phone, girl. Let's let's find somebody. We have to have some rich friends. Not all of our friends are broke. Come on, it's got to be somebody that's got to few dollars, like something, because why? We just want to be rescued from it, and some of you just want somebody to rescue. Some of you are single, and so you are lowering your standards because you just want somebody to rescue you, and I'm telling you, you're going to go from the frying pan to the fire because you're going to get in a relationship because you are desperate and because you will settle for anything and anyone, and you'll just jump into a relationship you know you have no business being in. Why? Because you just want to escape. And so many people make such foolish decisions because they were just trying to escape the pressure. They were just trying to get ahead of God instead of saying, God, I'm just going to sit with it. James says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. Do you get that? God is saying, I'm trying to make something of you. But if you keep moving, if you keep going, I can't build you. I'm trying to plant you in the house, but yet you never come to church. You never get in God's word. You never get in community. And you're wondering why you're struggling. Because this morning, God's trying to build something inside of you. And guess what? The building doesn't get built overnight. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes work to build this, what God wants to do in your life. So this morning, stop running from it. You see, everything around you wants you to escape. So you've got a choice. Will I escape it? Some of you are like, I'm not trying to escape it. I'm just trying to endure it. I got 15 years in this marriage. I'm just trying to make it another 15. I'm just going to endure it, all right? I'll just <laughs> nose to the grindstone, just down. Do I love my wife? Maybe. Do I love my husband? Nah, maybe. It depends. Oh, do I love my life? Nah, I don't know. 
Oh, I love my job. I don't really know. I'm just enduring it. Bless God, I'm just enduring. I'm just making it. And you show up on Sundays, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And you hate guys like me because I'm so upbeat. I'm just like, man, it's great. And you don't know, my life actually really sucks right now. But I'm just like, hey, I'm going to smile anyways. Why? Because I can react to things or I can respond to things. And when I react to things, it's normally negative. But when I choose how I'm going to respond to things, it's far better. And so this morning, I'm saying, hey, I choose to respond. I choose to smile. Because if anything else, it freaks the devil out. Because he's like, I'm trying to do so much to mess up this guy right now. But yet he's still smiling. He's still standing. He's still getting up. He's still going. Does anything stop him? And that's what we need. We need some marriages where you just get up and you say, yeah, we had an argument. Yeah, we had a fight. Yeah, we were doing rough. But you get into work. He's like, you got to smile on. If anything, just to freak the devil out. If anything, just to freak your neighbors out. If anything, just to freak your husband out. Just blow him a kiss after you had an argument. He, he won't know what to do. He'll be like, didn't we just fight? Oh, oh, you, oh you want some? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. You just change it. You say, I'm going to respond. I want to respond because we got to get away from enduring. I want to read this verse. Paul wrote this. Excuse me, Peter wrote this. He said, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore you, support, strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. You see, it takes this time where we say, God, I'm going through it, and I need you to understand something. Pain is not personal. Please write that down. Pain is not personal. Matter of fact, touch your neighbor and say, pain's not personal. Pain's not personal. Some of you think God is coming after you personally. You think God's got your number and he's just trying to make you suffer. Out of the almost 8 billion people on the planet, he's like, I picked you. I hate you. Lucky you. And that's what you think's happening. That's not at all what's happening. Sometimes it's just life. Sometimes it's just life you get in a car accident. Sometimes it's just life that you got sick. Sometimes it's just life. And you got to get out of this idea that God's just after me. No, no, God's trying to build you. Because he's trying to give you a platform that otherwise you would never have. We've got to move quick. I've got to land this plane. And finally, you say, if you see life as a platform, you know what you're trying to do? Embrace it. Embrace it. I wrote this message for one person. The whole thing. One person. And it's not you. If you get a blessing out of this, that's great. I only wrote it for one person. They know who they are. I wrote it for one person. They know who they are. The whole time I wrote this message. Because things can begin to happen where you just feel like, I'm ready to quit. Where's the white flag? Let's raise it. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is saying, there's a platform that I'm building in your life that is so great. And I have to take you deep. And it feels like I have to crush you. And it feels like I have to break you. And it feels so painful. And everybody around you is misunderstanding you. Everybody around you feels like you're a failure. Everybody around you feels like you messed up. And only you know your heart. Nobody else knows. Nobody else knows what you are working, how you lie awake at night. And you feel trapped this morning. And I'm here to tell you that God is saying, I'm taking up all that pain, all of it, because I've got to go take you so far, there's no other way. If there was salvation any other way, Jesus would have taken it. 
He said, Jesus, he, he stood there in Gethsemane. He said, God, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He said, if there's any other way. And God looked down at his son, the one that he loved. And he said, son, there is no other way. There is no other way but the cross. And you may feel so alone and so isolated this morning. And you feel like... well of your heart and soul is dry and maybe it is it's what God does when he sees a dry well he says we got to dig a little bit deeper with where the water is and so right now God is digging deep to where the rich soil is to where the water is where the life is and Paul even says he says hey because of our suffering you're comforted Paul said I will go through what I'm going through because it's for you It's for you. And as you walk through life, mom and dad, as you go through that marriage, as you go through that job, you are doing it for somebody else to bring them comforting out of their sorrow. And God says, I see it as you embrace it because I'm taking you through something. I'm gonna do something through you. You see, pain comes before the promotion, but the pressure leads to the platform. Therefore, pressure is a privilege. You are privileged this morning if you are going through pressure. If you are going through marriage pressure, you are privileged. If you are going through pressure with your job, you are privileged. Because God says, I count you worthy. Timothy said it. Paul said it to Timothy. He said, God counted you worthy putting you into the ministry. He counted you worthy. It's like Thor with Mjolnir the hammer saying, hey, you're not worthy. And then Captain America comes up, spoiler alert, says, I'm worthy. And he throws the hammer. And see, I told you I'd get an endgame reference in these messages. I told you I'd do it. And God is saying, I count you worthy. You don't feel worthy. You don't feel worth it. You feel like nobody understands. But God is saying, don't worry. Worry. You are worthy of the ministry I'm giving you. And I'm going to do something great in your life as you simply embrace it. Just embrace it this morning. All the pain, all the frustration, all the pressure. Just say, okay, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's your prayer. Thy will be done. Whatever you want. I just surrender myself. And God says, that's what I want. Because God isn't looking for the best. He's trying to get to you what Paul said. Did you catch it? He said, we finally realized to stop trusting ourselves. Because you think it's your talent. You think it's your ability that's going to get you somewhere. You think because, mom, you're so good at making crafty little things that that's what's going to make great children, and it's not. It's the fact that you get before God, you're like, God, I'm failing, and I need something from you. It's where you get so desperate where you just say, God, I just need you. And God says, that's what I want. I want to get you to the point where you realize that it was all me all along. And let everybody else think what they want. Let everybody else say whatever they want. It doesn't matter. Because you say, you know what? I know what God wants. I know what God is doing. So pressure is not a prison. Pressure is your platform this morning. And God is trying to build a big platform with your life. And the only one stopping it is you. Because you want to escape. You want to escape.
And if you will say this morning, God, all right, I won't escape this, but you're going to have to help me endure this. Paul has another verse in the same book. He said, my grace is sufficient for you most gladly will I bear in these trials his grace is sufficient for when I am weak I am strong and this morning if you feel weak God is saying you're not weak you are strong you're stronger than you've ever been you feel so weak but that's when my power is so great in you because there's no more of your flesh there's no more of your attitude there's no more of your pride it is all me and that's all God's ever wanted you look at the people that have done great things. It's not because they're great. It's because their God is great. Come on. And this morning, we just need to celebrate the greatness of God. And we need to make room for him to work in our lives. We need to empty ourselves of ourselves. We need to empty ourselves of pride and say, God, all right, I'm here. I'm at the end of the rope. I've got all this pressure. But God, I believe that you're going to build a great platform through my life. Let's all stand as we close. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the challenge in your word. I thank you that pressure leads to a promotion. That pressure, it feels like a prison, but really it's our platform that you're taking us higher. And so this morning, don't let us give in for the lie of the devil that we are in a prison that we need to escape or we're in a prison we need to endure but we are have a platform that we need to embrace because you want to take us higher you want to see us do greater things for your honor and your glory and this is the only way so help us father to trust the process lord i i pray that we would be trustworthy of this trial that you can entrust the trial to us that you know that we will embrace it God, progress isn't pretty, so help us, Father, to make it. On this Memorial Day weekend, when we have people who are dealing with such great pressure, would you help them, Father? Would you help them to find your peace, to know your joy? Would you help them to trust you in this moment? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I feel like this morning that there are people that you feel overwhelmed by the pressure in your life. You feel like quitting. You feel like giving up. You feel like walking away. You feel like throwing in the towel. You feel like raising the white flag. You feel like surrendering. You feel like walking away from all of it and leaving it and starting all over. And you think it'd be easier if you just weren't here this morning. And I believe that God wants me to pray for you. And if that is you, would you slip up your hand so I can pray for you. Is that you? You say, God, I need prayer this morning because I don't know if I'm going to make it. I see that hand. I see that hand. And I see that hand. And I see that hand. Rooms, hands all over the room that are just saying, God, I need help with the pressure that I'm under. I need this help. And God is here to help you. He's here to strengthen you. He's here to lift you up this morning. If you will just trust him and you just understand what he is doing. He's not trying to box you in. He's trying to give you a greater platform. Thank you for raising your hands. Put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, you know what? I don't know Jesus is my savior. I, I understand pressure though, but I don't know what it means to have the strength of God. I don't know what it means to have the presence of Jesus in my heart and in my life, but I want that. I don't have it. I've just got this emptiness. And maybe this morning you're saying, you know what? I kind of feel like something's happening inside. I kind of feel like there's there's somebody who wants into my life. I've blocked him out for so long and I've ran from him. But I kind of feel like Jesus is talking to me. I kind of feel like he wants to come and live with me and, and be with me and wants me to accept him and wants me to, to ask forgiveness for my sin and follow Jesus with all my heart. And I, I need to make that decision. And maybe that's you this morning. You say, today, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to get forgiveness of sins. I want to repent of the way I've been living. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. 
If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.